0: Good morning, welcome to another episode of the end time blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prado. Today I'm looking at famous married Bible couples, but different pairings, like one where both spouses are good and pairings where one spouse is good and one is bad and pairings where both are bad. And not the most famous ones either. Well, our Sunday school class is going through the book of Esther. We had spent 26 weeks going through the doctrine of Providence. And when that class concluded, one of our teachers thought that going through Esther would be a good extension of the subject. I love the doctrine of Providence and I had not deeply studied Esther before, so I hopped into his class. Now, in Esther, of course, we read of Haman. He's the main antagonist. And then we read two times of Haman's wife Zeresh. She is mentioned in Esther 5.14. That's when Zeresh listened to her husband list all his woes about hating Mordecai and she was the one along with Haman's friends who suggested building that gallows that he wanted to hang Mordecai on. Well that cheered Haman up. Nothing like killing a man you hate to make you happy. And then Zeresh is mentioned the second time in Esther 6.13 where she, along with his friends, said to Haman, oops, your star is falling, your influence will dry up, and you're not going to win against Esther. So those two were a power couple in a negative way. I got to thinking a lot about couples and marriages and the wife and husband, etc. And I got to thinking about there were those in the Bible who spurred each other on in godly ways. They were a united pair displaying God's glory. And then I thought of couples who spurred each other on to evil deeds and both eventually fell. And I got to thinking about couples where only one of the two was obedient and faithful and hung in there to give God glory. So let's take a look at a few. And as I said, not all the most famous ones either. Here is a couple where both spouses are good. Priscilla and Aquila. This pair was married. They are mentioned in the New Testament six times in four different New Testament books. Each time they're mentioned, they're always mentioned together. They were a pair, united by marriage in the Lord working solidly with each other for God's glory. They taught, they hosted, they labored at their trade. They overcame persecution. They were consistent and committed. Together, they were a super duo because they relied on the spirit and they advanced the church with their dutiful example. And then we have some couples who both were bad. They spurred each other on to bad works. Their pairing in marriage seemed to combine not the holiest of attitudes in them to greater heights, but the more depraved attitudes in them combining to descend them to greater depths. Ahab and Jezebel. The Bible notes that the pair were evil, each in their own way, but displeasing God constantly. 1 Kings 16.33 Jezebel incited her husband to many wicked deeds, which he willingly performed. 1 Kings 21.25 They were two bad apples combining to make a polluted apple pie. And this combination, this pair, did much damage to the people around them. Let's look in the New Testament. We have Ananias and Sapphira. These two were counted in the early church as members, perhaps believers. More on that in a minute. And who joined in the first century church with that big initial thrust to donate and support. They had sold some land and had promised the yield to the church. When Ananias stepped forward to give it at Peter's feet, he actually only provided part of it. And Peter, by knowledge of the spirit, caught Ananias in the lie. Ananias was struck dead. Sapphira came in a few minutes later and she confirmed her husband's lie and she fell dead. They had both colluded against the Holy Spirit and they separately confirmed the greed in their heart. Now there is great debate as to whether these two were actually believers or not believers. John Piper thinks, no, they were phony Christians. John MacArthur thinks, yes, they were believers, but isn't it awful to leave people wondering if you were actually a true believer at all? Was there's a case of bad company corrupting good character? Did one infect the other with leaven, spoiling the whole marriage? Was one unable to overcome the flesh and then influence the other toward evil? Or both were, sim- were both simply greedy and allowing that one, one prevalent sin, to have them? All right, now here's a pairing where one is good in the marriage and one is bad. And I'm using good and bad as shorthand because people can immediately understand, but, you know, holy or unholy or sinful and unsinful. Lot and Mrs. Lot. We do have many examples of these pairings, and Lot and Mrs. Lot was one of them. Mrs. Lot was unveiled at the last minute as clinging to the world, not looking ahead to righteousness. Yes, Lot did some really stupid things, but the Bible calls him righteous, 2 Peter 2.7. I mean, he must have done something right. His married daughters came with him instead of staying in the city with their husbands. And that's um, an answers in Genesis essay called A Lot of Righteousness that you can read and a link to. Yet... Mrs. Lot clung to the world and became part of it. Let's look at Abigail and Nabal. This is another one good, one bad pairing that we find, and their story is recorded in 1 Samuel 25. Nabal was described as, quote, harsh and evil in his dealings, end quote. His own servants and his wife described Nibal as quote a worthless man. Yet Abigail's patience in living with this brute is obvious. And her intelligence in approaching David to persuade him to leave off, murdering Nabal and his men, is also obvious. Abigail is blessed by David in Yahweh's name. David said, quote, Blessed be your discernment and blessed be you who have kept me this day from bloodshed. 1 Samuel 25, 33. Let's have an aside here. Go to the New Testament and read 1 Peter 3, 1-2. to In the same way, you wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won over without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your pure and respectful behavior. In this case, Nabal was not won over, but David was. Nabal died soon after this event and David then proposed marriage to Abigail. A bad marriage is hard. A good marriage is hard. But if one of the pair isn't saved, it just makes things so difficult because you are both pulling in different directions. Even if both spouses claim to be saved, but one is a lot less mature in the faith, again, it's difficulty. Here's a quote from Elisha Galati at Council the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. His essay is called Two Sinners and One Sinless. Quote, we've all heard it said that marriage exposes our own sin and selfishness and that the marriage relationship sanctifies us with an intensity that can be at times quite uncomfortable. That was Two Sinners and One Sinless by Elisha Galati. I'll include that link in the notes. Let's look at another one bad, one good, Job and Mrs. Job. When the chips were down, way down, Mrs. Job told her husband he might as well curse God and die. Maybe she blamed Job. More likely she blamed God, doubting him. In Job 2.9, she blurted to her husband, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die! Well, it seems that perhaps Mrs. Job was annoyed to the extreme of her husband's acceptance of God's work in their lives. Thankfully, Job did not take his wife's, quote, advice, and eventually all was restored to Job. Interestingly, we read nothing of Mrs. Job in her husband's restoration happy ending. We read that he, Job, received a house, more animals than before, additional children, ten of them, who grew healthy, received an inheritance. And the Bible even records the names of the first three of his children. But there's no name for Mrs. Job. And there is no mention of her in the epilogue. Perhaps she had reaped what she had sown. Finally, we've got Hosea and Gomer. This pairing was again one of extreme difficulty and heartache. Hosea was righteous. Gomer was a troubled sinner for most of the marriage. She was an adulteress. She had illegitimate child or children, perhaps three. She caused Hosea years of pain and embarrassment, but Hosea patiently and lovingly sought Gomer, forgave her, and took her back in with patience and deep commitment. Eventually she settled and Hosea's love for his sinning wife was not diminished by her sin. He maintained loving faithfulness. and From that, Hosea grew in deeper understanding of the forgiving love of God. Marriage is two sinners each trying to subdue their own flesh nature. Without Christ, it can be a conflagration. With Christ, it's still hard. I pray that if you, dear reader, are in a difficult marriage, that you diligently search out Bible verses addressing your situation. I humbly ask you to think of couples in the Bible who each made a successful marriage and what made some of their marriages unsuccessful. The key point is... You are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. Let's end with another quote from the essay, Two Sinners and One Sinless by Elisha Galati at the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. Quote, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that brought about resurrection life, softened hearts of stone and gave eyes of faith when we were blinded by sin. Yet sometimes in marriage, in the dismal moments of anger, hostility, or painful hurt, we forget that we're not doing this alone. Sometimes in our sin and failures, we forget that the power and help of the Holy Spirit is ever-present, ever-helping, ever-convicting, guiding, prompting, and empowering us to do what is right. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day.